Question 124 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues, The Virtue of Fortitude. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues. The Virtue of Fortitude, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 124 of Martyrdom in Five Articles We must now consider martyrdom, under which head there are five points of inquiry. First, whether martyrdom is an act of virtue. Second, of what virtue is it the act? Third, concerning the perfection of this act. Fourth, the pain of martyrdom. Fifth, its cause. First article, whether martyrdom is an act of virtue. Objection 1. It seems that martyrdom is not an act of virtue. For all acts of virtue are voluntary. But martyrdom is sometimes not voluntary, as in the case of the innocents who were slain for Christ's sake, and of whom Hilary says, in On the Gospel of Matthew 1, that they attained the ripe age of eternity through the glory of martyrdom. Therefore, martyrdom is not an act of virtue. Objection 2. Further, nothing unlawful is an act of virtue. Now, it is unlawful to kill oneself, as stated above, question 64, article 5, and yet martyrdom is achieved by doing so. For Augustine says in On the City of God 1 that during persecution, certain holy women, in order to escape from those who threatened their chastity, threw themselves into a river and so ended their lives, and their martyrdom is honored in the Catholic Church with most solemn veneration. Therefore, martyrdom is not an act of virtue. Objection 3. Further, it is praiseworthy to offer oneself to do an act of virtue, but it is not praiseworthy to court martyrdom, rather it would seem to be presumptuous and rash. Therefore, martyrdom is not an act of virtue. On the contrary, the reward of beatitude is not due save to acts of virtue. Now, it is due to martyrdom, since it is written in Matthew 5.10, Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, Martyrdom is an act of virtue. I answer that, as stated above, in question 123, articles 1 and 3, it belongs to virtue to safeguard man in the good of reason. Now the good of reason consists in the truth as its proper object, and in justice as its proper effect, as shown above, question 109, articles 1 and 2, Question 123, 
Article 12. And martyrdom consists essentially in standing firmly to truth and justice against the assaults of persecution. Hence it is evident that martyrdom is an act of virtue. Reply to Objection 1. Some have said that in the case of the innocents, the use of their free will was miraculously accelerated, so that they suffered martyrdom even voluntarily. Since, however, Scripture contains no proof of this, it is better to say that these babes, in being slain, obtained by God's grace the glory of martyrdom, which others acquire by their own will. For the shedding of one's blood for Christ's sake takes the place of baptism. Wherefore, just as in the case of baptized children, the merit of Christ is conducive to the acquisition of glory through the baptismal grace, so in those who were slain for Christ's sake, the merit of Christ's martyrdom is conducive to the acquisition of the martyr's palm. Hence Augustine says in a sermon on the Epiphany, number 46, as though he were addressing them, a man that does not believe that children are benefited by the baptism of Christ will doubt of your being crowned in suffering for Christ. You are not old enough to believe in Christ's future sufferings, but you had a body wherein you could endure suffering of Christ who was to suffer. Reply to Objection 2 Augustine says in On the City of God 1 that Possibly the Church was induced by certain credible witnesses of divine authority thus to honor the memory of those holy women. Confer Question 64, Article 1, Second Reply. Reply to Objection 3. The precepts of the law are about acts of virtue. Now it has been stated in Prima Secunde Question 108, Article 1, Fourth reply, that some of the precepts of the divine law are to be understood in reference to the preparation of the mind, in the sense that man ought to be prepared to do such and such a thing, whenever expedient. In the same way, certain things belong to an act of virtue as regards the preparation of the mind, so that in such and such a case a man should act according to reason. And this observation would seem very much to the point in the case of martyrdom, which consists in the right endurance of sufferings unjustly inflicted. Nor ought a man to give another an occasion of acting unjustly. Yet if anyone act unjustly, one ought to endure it in moderation. Second article whether martyrdom is an act of fortitude. Objection 1. It seems that martyrdom is not an act of fortitude. For the Greek martyr signifies a witness. Now witness is born to the faith of Christ, according to Acts 1.8, You shall be witnesses unto me, etc. And Maximus says in a sermon, the mother of martyrs is the Catholic faith, which those glorious warriors have sealed with their blood. Therefore, martyrdom is an act of faith 
rather than of fortitude. Objection 2. Further, a praiseworthy act belongs chiefly to the virtue which inclines thereto, is manifested thereby, and without which the act avails nothing. Now charity is the chief incentive to martyrdom, thus Maximus says in a sermon, The charity of Christ is victorious in his martyrs. Again, the greatest proof of charity lies in the act of martyrdom, according to John 15.13. Greater love than this no man hath, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Moreover, without charity, martyrdom avails nothing, according to 1 Corinthians 13.3. If I should deliver my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Therefore, martyrdom is an act of charity rather than of fortitude. Objection 3. Further, Augustine says in a sermon on St. Cyprian, It is easy to honor a martyr by singing his praises, but it is a great thing to imitate his faith and patience. Now that which calls chiefly for praise in a virtuous act is the virtue of which it is the act. Therefore, martyrdom is an act of patience rather than of fortitude. On the contrary, Cyprian says in his letter to Martyrs and Confessors to Blessed Martyrs, with what praise shall I extol you? Most valiant warriors, how shall I find words to proclaim the strength of your courage? Now a person is praised on account of the virtue whose act he performs. Therefore, martyrdom is an act of fortitude. I answer that, as stated above in question 123, article 1 and following, it belongs to fortitude to strengthen man in the good of virtue, especially against dangers, and chiefly against dangers of death, and most of all against those that occur in battle. Now it is evident that in martyrdom, man is firmly strengthened in the good of virtue, since he cleaves to faith and justice, notwithstanding the threatening danger of death, the imminence of which is moreover due to a kind of particular contest with his persecutors. Hence Cyprian says in a sermon, his letter to martyrs and confessors too, The crowd of onlookers wondered to see an unearthly battle, and Christ's servants fighting erect, undaunted in speech, with souls unmoved, and strength divine. Wherefore, it is evident that martyrdom is an act of fortitude, for which reason the Church reads in the office of martyrs. They became valiant in battle. Confer Hebrews 11.34 Reply to Objection 1. Two things must be considered in the act of fortitude. One is the good wherein the brave man is strengthened, and this is the end of fortitude. The other is the firmness itself, whereby a man does not yield to contraries that hinder him from achieving that good, and in this consists the essence of fortitude. 
Now just as civic fortitude strengthens a man's mind in human justice, for the safeguarding of which he braves the danger of death, so gratuitous fortitude strengthens man's soul in the good of divine justice, which is, through faith in Christ Jesus, according to Romans 3.22. Thus martyrdom is related to faith as the end in which one is strengthened, but to fortitude as the eliciting habit. Reply to Objection 2. Charity inclines one to the act of martyrdom as its first and chief motive cause, being the virtue commanding it, whereas fortitude inclines thereto as being its proper motive cause, being the virtue that elicits it. Hence martyrdom is an act of charity as commanding and of fortitude as eliciting. For this reason also it manifests both virtues. It is due to charity that it is meritorious, like any other act of virtue, and for this reason it avails not without charity. Reply to Objection 3. As stated above, in question 123, article 6, the chief act of fortitude is endurance. To this, and not to its secondary act, which is aggression, martyrdom belongs. And since patience serves fortitude on the part of its chief act, notably endurance, hence it is that martyrs are also praised for their patience. Third article, whether martyrdom is an act of the greatest perfection. Objection 1. It seems that martyrdom is not an act of the greatest perfection. For seemingly, that which is a matter of counsel and not of precept pertains to perfection, because, to wit, it is not necessary for salvation. But it would seem that martyrdom is necessary for salvation, since the Apostle says in Romans 10.10, 10, With the heart we believe unto justice, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it is written, in 1 John 3.16, that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Therefore, martyrdom does not attain to perfection. Objection 2. Further, it seems to point to greater perfection that a man give his soul to God, which is done by obedience, than that he give God his body, which is done by martyrdom. Wherefore Gregory says, in his commentary on Job 35, that Obedience is preferable to all sacrifices. Therefore, martyrdom is not an act of the greatest perfection. Objection 3. Further, it would seem better to do good to others than to maintain oneself in good, since the good of the nation is better than the good of the individual according to the philosopher in Ethics 1.2. Now he that suffers martyrdom profits himself alone, whereas he that teaches does good to many. Therefore, the act of teaching and guiding subjects is more perfect than the act of martyrdom. On the contrary, Augustine, in his On Holy Virginity 46, 
prefers martyrdom to virginity, which pertains to perfection. Therefore martyrdom seems to belong to perfection in the highest degree. I answer that. We may speak of an act of virtue in two ways. First, with regard to the species of that act, as compared to the virtue proximately eliciting it, in this way martyrdom, which consists in the due endurance of death, cannot be the most perfect of virtuous acts, because endurance of death is not praiseworthy in itself, but only in so far as it is directed to some good consisting in an act of virtue, such as faith or the love of God, so that this act of virtue being the end is better. A virtuous act may be considered in another way, in comparison with its first motive cause, which is the love of charity, and it is in this respect that an act comes to belong to the perfection of life, since, as the Apostle says in Colossians 3.14, that charity is the bond of perfection. Now, of all virtuous acts, martyrdom is the greatest proof of the perfection of charity, since a man's love for a thing is proved to be so much the greater, according as that which he despises for its sake is more dear to him, or that which he chooses to suffer for its sake is more odious. But it is evident that of all the goods of the present life, man loves life itself most, and on the other hand, he hates death more than anything especially when it is accompanied by the pains of bodily torment, from fear of which even dumb animals refrain from the greatest pleasures, as Augustine observes in his 83 Questions, question 36. And from this point of view, it is clear that martyrdom is the most perfect of human acts in respect of its genus, as being the sign of the greatest charity, according to John 15.13, Greater love than this no man hath, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Reply to Objection 1. There is no act of perfection, which is a matter of counsel, but what in certain cases is a matter of precept, as being necessary for salvation. Thus Augustine declares, in his On Adulterous Marriages, 13, that a man is under the obligation of observing continency through the absence or sickness of his wife. Hence, it is not contrary to the perfection of martyrdom, if in certain cases it be necessary for salvation, since there are cases when it is not necessary for salvation to suffer martyrdom. Thus we read of many holy martyrs who through zeal for their faith or brotherly love gave themselves up to martyrdom of their own accord. As to these precepts, they are to be understood as referring to the preparation of the mind. Reply to Objection 2. Martyrdom embraces the highest possible degree of obedience, namely, obedience unto death. Thus we read of Christ in Philippians 2.8 that he became obedient unto death. Hence, it is evident that martyrdom is of itself more perfect than obedience considered absolutely. 
Reply to Objection 3. This argument considers martyrdom according to the proper species of its act, whence it derives no excellence over all the other virtuous acts. Thus neither is fortitude more excellent than all virtues. Fourth article, whether death is essential to martyrdom. Objection 1. It seems that death is not essential to martyrdom. For Jerome says in a sermon on the Assumption, his letter to Paulina and Eustochium, I should say rightly that the mother of God was both virgin and martyr, although she ended her days in peace. And Gregory says in his third homily on the Gospel, Although persecution has ceased to offer the opportunity, yet the peace we enjoy is not without its martyrdom, since even if we no longer yield the life of the body to the sword, yet do we slay fleshly desires in the soul with the sword of the Spirit. Therefore, there can be martyrdom without suffering death. Objection to. Further, we read of certain women as commended for despising life for the sake of safeguarding the integrity of the flesh. Wherefore, seemingly, the integrity of chastity is preferable to the life of the body. Now sometimes the integrity of the flesh has been forfeited or has been threatened in confession of the Christian faith, as in the case of Agnes and Lucy. Therefore it seems that the name of martyr should be accorded to a woman who forfeits the integrity of the flesh for the sake of Christ's faith, rather than if she were to forfeit even the life of the body. Wherefore also Lucy said, If thou causest me to be violated against my will, my chastity will gain me a twofold crown. Objection 3. Further, martyrdom is an act of fortitude, but it belongs to fortitude to brave not only death, but also other hardships, as Augustine declares in On Music 6. Now there are many other hardships besides death, which one may suffer for Christ's faith, namely imprisonment, exile, being stripped of one's goods, as mentioned in Hebrews 10.34, for which reason we celebrate the martyrdom of Pope St. Marcellus notwithstanding that he died in prison. Therefore, it is not essential to martyrdom that one suffer the pain of death. Objection 4. Further, martyrdom is a meritorious act, as stated above, Article 2, First Reply, and Article 3. Now, it cannot be a meritorious act after death. Therefore, it is before death, and consequently, death is not essential to martyrdom. On the contrary, Maximus says in a sermon on the martyrs that, In dying for the faith he conquers, who would have been vanquished in living without faith. I answer that, as stated above in Article 2, a martyr is so called as being a witness to the Christian faith, which teaches us to despise things visible for the sake of things invisible, as stated in Hebrews 11. 
Accordingly, it belongs to martyrdom that a man bear witness to the faith in showing by deed that he despises all things present, in order to obtain invisible goods to come. Now so long as a man retains the life of the body, he does not show by deed that he despises all things relating to the body. For men are wont to despise both their kindred and all they possess, and even to suffer bodily pain rather than lose life. Hence Satan testified against Job in Job 2.4, Skin for skin, and all that a man hath he will give for his soul. Translator's note, the Dewey version, translates soul as life. That is, for the life of his body. Therefore, the perfect notion of martyrdom requires that a man suffer death for Christ's sake. Reply to Objection 1. The authorities quoted, and the like that one may meet with, speak of martyrdom by way of similitude. Reply to Objection 2. When a woman forfeits the integrity of the flesh, or is condemned to forfeit it under pretext of the Christian faith, it is not evident to men whether she suffers this for love of the Christian faith, or rather through contempt of chastity. Wherefore, in the sight of men, her testimony is not held to be sufficient, and consequently this is not martyrdom properly speaking. In the sight of God, however, who searcheth the heart, this may be deemed worthy of a reward, as Lucy said. Reply to Objection 3. As stated above, in question 123, articles 4 and 5, fortitude regards danger of death chiefly, and other dangers consequently. Wherefore a person is not called a martyr merely for suffering imprisonment, or exile, or forfeiture of his wealth, except in so far as these result in death. Reply to Objection 4. The merit of martyrdom is not after death, but in the voluntary endurance of death, namely in the fact that a person willingly suffers being put to death. It happens sometimes, however, that a man lives for some time after being mortally wounded for Christ's sake, or after suffering for the faith of Christ any other kind of hardship inflicted by persecution and continued until death ensues. The act of martyrdom is meritorious while a man is in this state, and at the very time that he is suffering these hardships. Fifth article, whether faith alone is the cause of martyrdom. Objection 1. It seems that faith alone is the cause of martyrdom, for it is written in 1 Peter 4.15 and 16, Let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or a railer, or a coveter of other men's things. But if as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, let him glorify God in this name. Now a man is said to be a Christian because he holds the faith of Christ. 
Therefore, only faith in Christ gives the glory of martyrdom to those who suffer. Objection to. Further, a martyr is a kind of witness. But witness is born to the truth alone. Now one is not called a martyr for bearing witness to any truth, but only for witnessing to the divine truth. Otherwise, a man would be a martyr if he were to die for confessing a truth of geometry or some other speculative science, which seems ridiculous. Therefore, faith alone is the cause of martyrdom. Objection 3. Further, those virtuous deeds would seem to be of most account, which are directed to the common good, since the good of the nation is better than the good of the individual, according to the philosopher in Ethics 1.2. If, then, some other good were the cause of martyrdom, it would seem that, before all, those would be martyrs who die for the defense of their country. Yet this is not consistent with church observance, for we do not celebrate the martyrdom of those who die in a just war. Therefore, Faith alone is the cause of martyrdom. On the contrary, it is written in Matthew 15.10, Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice's sake, which pertains to martyrdom, according to a gloss as well as Jerome's commentary on this passage. Now, not only faith, but also the other virtues pertain to justice. Therefore, other virtues can be the cause of martyrdom. I answer that, as stated above in Article 4, martyrs are so called as being witnesses, because by suffering in body unto death they bear witness to the truth, not indeed to any truth, but to the truth which is in accordance with godliness and was made known to us by Christ. Wherefore, Christ's martyrs are his witnesses. Now this truth is the truth of faith. Wherefore, the cause of all martyrdom is the truth of faith. But the truth of faith includes not only inward belief, but also outward profession, which is expressed not only by words, whereby one confesses the faith, but also by deeds, whereby a person shows that he has faith, according to James 2.18. I will show thee by works my faith. Hence it is written of certain people, Titus 1.16, They profess that they know God, but in their works they deny him. Thus all virtuous deeds, inasmuch as they are referred to God, are professions of the faith whereby we come to know that God requires these works of us and rewards us for them. And in this way they can be the cause of martyrdom. For this reason the Church celebrates the martyrdom of Blessed John the Baptist, who suffered death not for refusing to deny the faith, but for reproving adultery. Reply to Objection 1. A Christian is one who is Christ's. Now a person is said to be Christ's not only through having faith in Christ, 
but also because he is actuated to virtuous deeds by the Spirit of Christ, according to Romans 8.9. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And again, because in imitation of Christ he is dead to sins, according to Galatians 5.24. They that are Christ's have crucified their flesh with the vices and concupiscences. Hence, to suffer as a Christian is not only to suffer in confession of the faith, which is done by words, but also to suffer for doing any good work and for avoiding any sin, for Christ's sake, because this all comes under the head of witnessing to the faith. Reply to Objection 2. The truth of other sciences has no connection with the worship of the Godhead. Hence, it is not called truth according to godliness, and consequently, the confession thereof cannot be said to be the direct cause of martyrdom. Yet, since every lie is a sin, as stated above, in question 110, articles 3 and 4, avoidance of a lie, to whatever truth it may be contrary, may be the cause of martyrdom inasmuch as a lie is a sin against the divine law. Reply to Objection 3. The good of one's country is paramount among human goods. Yet the divine good, which is the proper cause of martyrdom, is of more account than human good. Nevertheless, since human good may become divine, for instance, when it is referred to God, it follows that any human good, in so far as it is referred to God, may be the cause of martyrdom. End of question 124. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.